from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Coming up on today's show, we're actually going to do something very different. We're going to air part one of a conversation I had with Jeff Snyder from Locked On Dodgers, talking about the Dodgers and the Giants and kind of just a back and forth that I thought was really fun. So we'll have that playing for you today, and then we'll post part two tomorrow. So it's definitely worth a listen, and I hope you enjoy. All right, Ben, I'm going to start by asking you something about the Giants, okay? Okay. Uh, The Giants moved their fences in, and mostly in right center field, I think they moved it in and shortened the wall, right? It's actually not like mostly in right center. It's more like a straight line across the entire center field, which in effect shortens left center and right center as well. And the most dramatic footage difference is actually in dead center field, where it's going to go from 399 to 391. Okay. Um, Do do you anticipate that having a big impact on the Giants offense? And I I guess on the flip side, on, on the Giants pitching? Um, I don't think it's going to be a huge impact because if you look at the renderings and look at kind of the dimensions, like I said, the biggest difference is only eight feet in center field. I think Triples Alley is moving from 421 to like 416 or something like that. And I knew this at one point, but it's been a while since I've talked about it. And then left center is changing from like 404 to 399. So it's kind of mild. I do think it will help, though. And some of our local writers have even done like a study as to who might be most affected by this. And they found that like Brandon Belt might have hit like nine extra home runs last year, something like that, something crazy like that. So I think it'll have an effect, but not a dramatic one because it's really not dramatic changes. Yeah, Brandon Belt was kind of the the one I was thinking of mostly because he's going, he has what, two years left on his contract, I think. Yep. And uh, you kind of wonder since the Giants probably and I, I maybe this is news to you they're probably not expecting expecting to be big contenders in those two years i wonder if if he can show a little power resurgence if they might be looking to to move him this season i think that's a definite possibility and it's something they may have been waiting for for a while for him to just really take off and then maybe trade him because obviously the last several years they haven't been strong contenders and he's a guy who if he can perform well he's one of their better offensive players but he's always struggled with consistency and the ballpark has always hurt him yeah Uh, what do you want to know about the Dodgers Uh, I have a lot of questions about the Dodgers Um, first of all I'm thinking about this delay to the season and in a situation like the Dodgers find themselves in with acquiring Mookie Betts and I'm wondering like if the season ends up being shortened how does that affect your like uh perception of the Mookie Betts trade is it going to hurt them I mean they they gave up a couple of quality players to get one season of Mookie Betts of course yeah. David Price as well but how do you see like if the season is shortened how does that maybe change your interpretation of that deal 
Yeah, it was already, you know, I mean, they, basically they give it, they gave up 17 years of player control between Wong Downs and Verdugo for a year of bets and three years of price. And so, yeah, if, you know, Vince and I talked about this the other day on this show, on our show, that, you know, it's hard to know what the fair answer is if, I mean, if they only play a 60-game season, you know, it's not really fair to that that's all that they get Mookie Betts for, but it wouldn't be fair to Mookie Betts to do different, you know. And, and I guess if they play a shortened season, that's one thing. My bigger question is if they don't play a season at all, right. does Mookie Betts still become a free agent? Or, you know, and, and that's not just guys who are in the last year of their contract. That affects everybody because, you know, everybody is losing a year then. And so do you say, okay, basically 2020 just didn't count. And now everybody's not hitting free agency till they're a year older and therefore a year worse. Or, you know, either way, it's not fair to somebody. And so I'm, I guess I'm hopeful, you know, if they play this year, really it boils down to, they knew they were giving up a lot of, of team control to get Mookie Betts. And so it all boils down to what happens in whatever bit of this year they have. If, if they play an 80 game season and Mookie Betts plays great and leads them to a world series title, it's just as worth it as if they had played 162 games. I don't think they're worried about the number of games they get from Mookie Betts. I think they're worried about, uh, what he can do to help them win a world series. Cause obviously this was a, a win now move that they made and they want to get him playing for them so that he can realize that that's mm. where he wants to be and sign long-term too. Right. And if this, if this was under normal circumstances, one of my questions about bets would have been, I kind of find myself on a different, taking a different viewpoint from most people on that trade and that I didn't, totally understand it from the Dodgers perspective because you guys are obviously a very, very talented team, won 106 games, right? Last season. Yeah. And so in the regular season, he may not actually move the needle much in terms of making, I mean, he definitely may, he does move the needle, but did you need the needle to be moved because you were already going to win the division? And so my question is in the small sample of a postseason, there's no guarantee he's going to perform. So I guess, did you think about that? And, and what is your thoughts on that argument? Yeah, this definitely, like you said, the Dodgers were going to win the NL West, uh, regardless of whether they had Mookie bets or not. Um, you know, and obviously that's on paper. Anything can happen, blah, 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 blah. Regular right. caveats. I know anything can happen. Uh, but you know, they, they did not get him because they needed help winning the NL West. They got him for the postseason, and, uh, there are no guarantees, but I, I believe the best way to give yourself the best chance to win the postseason is to put the best team possible out there on the field. And, you know, Mookie bets when you win 106 games, there are not very many clear upgrade paths right. to your team. And Mookie bets offensively, Mookie bets was basically, you know, I guess if they had signed Anthony Rendon, it would have been an upgrade. They would have had to figure something out because they already have a third baseman, but you know, that would have been an upgrade. Other than that, I, Anthony Rendon was the only position player on the free agent market who would have been an upgrade to this team. And so then once, once he didn't want to play in LA or a real LA, then it was okay. I guess we're not upgrading our offense unless we trade for Mookie Betts. And, but yeah, I mean, that's an upgrade you, you make because come the postseason, he, your lineup is better with Mookie Betts in it. You know, people point to, he struggled in the postseason. He doesn't have great postseason numbers. That doesn't matter to me. Baseball is baseball. And, 
uh, I believe that the best players are in general going to perform the best uh, regardless of when it is. And sometimes slumps happen and they happen in October and people read too much into that. And so, right. yeah, I, I think the Dodgers are a better team with Mookie Betts and therefore their chances to win the World Series are better with him in the lineup. So what happens if, if assuming baseball gets underway, if the Dodgers don't win the World Series again, like does that create a sense that there's just nothing that can be done to, to get to snap this drought? Not for me, but for a lot of people probably. I, I'm I'm maybe too level-headed about this. Um, give me a team that makes the postseason every year that gets to the World Series, you know, two out of three years and, and does that consistently, and eventually you're going to win one or two, you know, and, and – I don't think there's any magic trick to winning the world series. Um, you know, and I mean, I'm talking to a giants fan. So, I mean, you, you've seen three times that you can not even be the best team in your own division and win the world series. If you get hot at the right time, you know, I don't believe Madison Bumgarner has superhuman postseason powers. I believe that he got hot at the right time in 2014 and basically carried the giants to the world series title. And, and, you know, that's, that's what happens. You know, for the Red Sox in 2018, it was Steve freaking Pierce, you know, right, right. And, and and nobody, you know, and then they re-signed Steve Pierce because they're idiots, and you know, and he batted 150 and they released him. Right. You know, it, it's just who gets hot at the right time, and the best thing you can do is give yourself a chance to be in that position to hopefully get hot at the right time. All right, more of my conversation with Jeff Snyder is coming up after this message. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Right. And I actually agree with you 100%. And that's something I've been saying on my show. And when I did a podcast that wasn't part of Locked On, uh, the Locked On Network, I've been saying the same thing. I've been arguing that the Giants need to be more like the Dodgers for a long time. And, you know, sometimes people don't take that well. But I agree with you 100% that the Dodgers model of just being the best possible team and then getting into the postseason should be the best one. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world. You want to have the strongest team you can entering the postseason, and then nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, and my my people are probably tired of hearing me say this, but uh, you know, if you look at the 2017 World Series, there's dozens of things that if one of those things had gone differently, the Dodgers win that series. You know, they lost two extra inning games. The uh, you know, it, 
in those games, anything could have been different, including the Astros not cheating. You know, there, there's so many things that could have gone differently in that series. And if the Dodgers win that series, then we're not talking about, right. you know, exactly. this curse or whatever. And so it's hard to really make big, broad proclamations based on the fact that one of 30 things didn't go differently three years ago, you know? Yes. And one thing, one thing from that series, just to rehash old wounds a little bit, but you got to I mean, get your digs in where you can yeah, I mean, happen on the field. Right. That's right. <laughs> Not for now, at least. Um, we don't have to talk too much about that. I want to talk about Farhan Zaidi actually a little bit and yeah. actually, maybe let's just go there now. Um, okay. You know, obviously he had a big role in creating the Dodgers into what they are today. And I'm just wondering if you could give your thoughts about him coming over to San Francisco and maybe if you saw any of the the methods that he employed with the Dodgers kind of show up with the Giants last season in some ways. Yeah, and it's really hard to know, uh, Vincent, I said this when when Farhan left the Dodgers, it's hard to know how much of the Dodgers' success he was responsible for because there was never a clear delineation of what's he doing, what's Friedman doing, what are the six other former general managers who work in the Dodgers' front office doing, you know. And so we didn't know for sure. The one thing that Vince and I both agreed on when the Giants hired Farhan was we we weren't as much sad about the Dodgers losing Farhan as we were sad about the Giants getting smart, um, that the Giants were going to be start starting to take this approach. Um, you know, I, I've said that, you know, I thought one of the worst things to happen to the Giants was them winning uh, the 2010 and 2012 World Series because <laughs> that uh, that gave them the false impression that what they were doing was was the best way to build a team. You know, and then they won the third one. And then it's like, you know, you, you take, if you can win three World Series in, in five years, it doesn't matter if you did things right. You have the, you know, flags fly forever. So, um, but you know, like, like we were saying overall, the best way to build a team is the way that the Dodgers have been doing it. And the way Farhan is starting to do it with the giants, you know, build up that farm system, you know, a, a team like the giants has almost the same, oh, apparently my watch is talking to me. <laughs> uh, a team like the giants has almost the same financial advantage that right. the giants have, you know, or the Dodgers have. And so, if you can build up a farm system and, you know, take those lumps while you're doing it, if you have to, but then the giants pretty soon are going to have a good farm system. They're already top, top 10 farm system now. Right. And they're going to have money to spend. So you combine those homegrown players with free agents, which is basically what the Dodgers have done. You know, they, they have Bellinger and Bueller and Kershaw and all these guys who they brought up through the, the ranks, but then they've also brought in other guys. You know, the big question will be whether Farhan can find some of those gems like the Dodgers have gotten Justin Turner and Max Muncie and those guys who weren't big name free agents, you know, and that's the, for me, that's the big question of, I don't know who, I don't know if that's dumb luck on the Dodgers part. I don't know if that's a skill the Dodgers had. I don't know if it's Zaidi who has that skill. And so that's the real question because I think you need those guys, the, the unexpected uh, guys who turn into stars or at least regulars who you just grabbed off the scrap heap. Right. And I would answer that by saying it, maybe we didn't get a Max Muncy last season, but they're more than in the in recent seasons before he took over. They did have some players who kind of came out of nowhere to have really strong seasons for them. And specifically, the guy who stands out is Mike Yastrzemski, who came out of nowhere. I mean, as much as you can come out of nowhere with that last name, but he had a really strong season for them. If you look at kind of, you know, 
like weighted runs created plus, and he was strong defensively, a good base runner. He was just a good overall player. And they, they also found Alex Dickerson in a minor trade with the Padres, and he was really good for the Giants uh, for a few months. And they had the best record in baseball in July. So I do feel like we started to see some of that Dodger-type stuff happening where players are overperforming, coming out of nowhere and being valuable assets for them. So, But like you said, it, it requires more than that. It requires that happening on a consistent basis. It requires having a really good farm system like the Dodgers somehow have managed to have every year despite always having a tremendous record. So I think that down the road, this this sets up well for some really, really good Giants-Dodgers teams duking it out at the top of the division, which I think would be good for for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I, I've said it before. I I think baseball is at its best when there are more competitive teams. You know, I want the Giants to be good enough that it feels good and exhilarating to beat them. You right. know, um, obviously, I don't want them to be quite good enough that we lose to them. You know, but I, I want the Giants to be competitive. I want the Padres to be competitive. The D-backs, you know, I, I'm I don't really believe the Rockies will ever be competitive. I don't think it's possible to be competitive consistently when you play in a, a made up place like Denver. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I want the Rocky or the giants to be good. Uh, I'm, you know, I I'm interested to see this year if Mike, Mike Yastrzemski, you know, I mean, the fact is he was 28 years old and the, the Orioles, the worst team in baseball released him, you know, or put him on waivers or whatever. Traded so him. yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, what were the Orioles not seeing that the Giants saw, or did, was Yastrzemski just lightning in a bottle? All right, that is all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed part one of this two-part series that encompasses a conversation Jeff Snyder and I had. An entire part two is coming tomorrow, almost equal in length, about 15 minutes long. We talk about Madison Bumgarner. We talk about the Giants' new coaching staff. Jeff's familiarity with Gabe Kapler from Kapler's time as farm director for the Dodgers. So just a number of other interesting topics. So uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow when we'll, we'll publish the second part of this conversation. Remember to get this show every weekday. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Giants. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB. Thanks for listening, and until then, we'll see you next time. 